For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Sportfire, the sports comedy podcast that might have made the wrong decision on the replay review in Braves Phillies. Sorry, not sure why they asked us to do that. I'm your host, Adam Weinribben. I'm about to start re-recording all my old podcasts and releasing them as Adam's version. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, draped over a chair at the airport like Hideki Matsuyama's green jacket, accidentally played through an umpire's headphones at the worst possible moment, and wherever you find Jacob deGrom's run support. Without further ado, let's take our customary quick trip through the headlines. Here's your first week update for every MLB team. Your best player looked overpaid, your pitching was hit or miss, your team couldn't hit with runs in scoring position, and none of this will matter in four months unless you're the Diamondbacks or Rockies. Former Yankee David Wells claims he refuses to watch baseball now that Rob Manfred has moved the All-Star game. Replacing the previous reason he wasn't watching baseball, the TV got unplugged and he couldn't stand up. The Boston Red Sox sit alone in first place in the AL East after rehiring suspended manager Alex Cora. Gotta say, there's a lot of buzz there, and it's all coming from under their jerseys. The U.S. women's national soccer team's winning streak was stopped at 16 this weekend after a draw against Sweden. See, we told you the pay gap thing made sense, said the men's team while tangling all 48 of their legs together and tripping and falling in front of an empty net. Bill Simmons claimed Jim Nance's call of Hideki Matsuyama's Masters win was boring because he was afraid of doing a one-liner due to cancel culture. Simmons then went on to demonstrate his preferred call, a three-minute rendition of the Tomahawk Chop. No, but actually, he said Nance should have gone with It Was the Heat of the Moment, referencing the Asia song from the 40-year-old virgin, then called Matsuyama Hideki Matsui. But other than that, it was a pretty good sentence. Believe me, Bill, if cancel culture was real, I'd be hosting your show, and you'd be slathering the pimento cheese on the little sandwiches. You should do a segment called Amen Corner, where all your guests pray that you get through your entire show without dropping a slur you invented with your college friends Jim Box and Big Fart. Alex Rodriguez and partner Mark Lore bought the Minnesota Timberwolves this week following Derek Jeter's purchase of the Miami Marlins. Not to be outdone, Scott Brosius just purchased the Seattle Mariners hat from his local lids. Last one on the shelf. Jeopardy! producer Mike Richards said Aaron Rodgers might actually be a better game show host than a quarterback someday if he works at it. In a corresponding move, the Packers have cut Jordan Love and signed IBM Watson the Genius Computer. Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman retired this week. Out of respect, defenses will continue to leave a wide open spot for him on every third down. Steph Curry became the Golden State Warriors all-time leading scorer this week. He's such an unfair scorer, Draymond Green called him from the parking lot to recruit him to the Warriors. Andrew Cuomo announced Bills Mafia will only be allowed back into the stadium this fall if they're fully vaccinated. I'm not putting anything in my body I don't fully trust, said Bills fans while licking Cheese Whiz off a folding table. 
Mark Cuban called the NBA's play-in tournament an enormous mistake, with his Mavericks currently sitting in the bottom four of the standings. Man, complaining about something only when it becomes an issue for you? Are we sure Cuban's not a Republican? And Jason Tatum became the youngest Celtic to ever drop 50 points this weekend, passing Larry Bird in yet another example of cancel culture, Bill. That's the news, but where can you find the hottest goss? What about the coolest goss? Perhaps some lukewarm goss? To talk A-Rod and the Minnesota Timberwolves, we checked in with the one and only Gossip Girl. Alex Rodriguez has joined Derek Jeter as a professional sports owner, purchasing the Minnesota Timberwolves this week, which means the 2009 Yankees are getting a reboot. Also getting rebooted from New York City circa 2009 this year is Gossip Girl, coming back to HBO Max. So to catch us up on a new layer to the rivalry between her favorite 2009 New York sports celebrities, please welcome Gossip Girl. Hey A, Gossip Girl here. Is that a flip phone in your pocket or are you just happy to hear gossip? XOXO. I don't have a flip phone. So, Gossip Girl, welcome back. We've now got A-Rod in Minnesota and Derek Jeter in Miami. Buying the Wolves kind of felt like a Chuck Bass versus Jack Bass kind of move. I'd love to hear anything you know about what went on behind the scenes. Oh, I know so many secrets, it'll make your lips blush. Remember that A-Rod J-Lo marriage kerfuffle? Well, (laughs) a birdie told me that Rod's trip to the North was all about what's going on in South Beach. Sorry, little Jay, but this bomber had one problem Miami couldn't solve. He's in love with Dan's friend, Vanessa. Wait, sorry, that not that a plotline from the show? Why would A-Rod be in love with a television character who's also a high school girl? The heart wants what it wants. Or maybe the heart just wants what money can't buy. And you can't build a high-rise on a foundation of lies. That's just how the love cookie crumbles. Sorry, little Jay. Why do you keep calling J-Lo that? She's A-Rod's little sister. She is not. Look, this is all wonderful wordplay, kind of, but can you tell me anything about what actually happened with the Timberwolves deal? Of course I can. NYC teens are going absolutely hog wild, snitching on all the 2009 Yankees in my AOL inbox and stalking and cataloging who their friends are dating, just spamming the hell out of me with cute puns and information about their peers. Siri, play Time Won't Let Me Go by The Bravery. Okay, but you promised me gossip about Jeter, A-Rod, and the New York City elite from 2009. And oh baby, I've got it. Sorry, little D, but Big Rod's the big man on campus now, and his shiny new toy makes him a shiny new boy to Dan's friend, Vanessa. No, come on. I I don't believe you that two 40-year-old former MLB rivals are now battling over Dan's friend, Vanessa. You know you love me, and you're going to love the Mets news even more than you love me. Okay, see, this is the good stuff. What's the Mets news? My sources tell me A-Rod and Little J almost pulled a Queen's Gambit and bought the Mets over the winter. But MLB did some flushing, and they lost their Big Apple after A-Rod faked his own death in a car accident. XOXO. Great. And who are your sources? A 14-year-old named Chandelier. Okay, I'm less excited for your reboot than I was when we hopped on the phone this morning. And I would rather be talking to 16-year-old Blair Waldorf over extremely public martinis at the Plaza Hotel. But we can't always get what we want. 
Just like little Jay, when she begged A-Rod to keep her past quiet. All right, I feel myself getting sucked in again, but what are you hinting at? You don't remember? The winter ball at St. Portia's? Everyone was there. Chuck, Blair, Rasputia, Devin, Cash, Lazarus, Eugenia, Whit Stillman, Jorge Posada, Cronch. I mean, you didn't list me, so obviously I wasn't there. I mentioned you, Cronch. What? On the rooftop, at the winter ball, A-Rod fended off a knife-wielding attacker while little Jay cried about the murder she did at boarding school. This is what we call a Brooklyn oopsie. Siri, play no lead a fairy tale by Vanessa Carlton. You treated that horrible event pretty cavalierly, but most importantly, and I feel like I've asked this a bunch already, what does this have to do with A-Rod buying the Minnesota Timberwolves? Well, did you hear about Seattle? He's going to move the team? No. Seattle's where Derek Jeter's dad and A-Rod's mom went on a romantic couple's vacation to try and rekindle their old flame. From back in the day when Derek Jeter's dad was a one-hit wonder in the 90s. That did not happen. Now things are going to be so awkward when Jeter and A-Rod's new teams play each other. They won't. One's basketball, one's baseball. And that's why it's awkward. Sorry, Upper East Siders. Adam's a little slow. He's got a real Brooklyn brain. Why all the shots at Brooklyn? Sorry, Brooklyn's not so bad. It's like the Upper East Side if you're homeless and stupid. Siri, play That's Not My Name by the Ting Tings. Siri, don't. Anywho, who was A-Rod playing hide the basketball with during Little Jay's birthday soiree at the MoMA? Let me guess, Dan's friend Vanessa? No, Madison from Southern Charm. Oh yeah, I actually read that on Demois. Oh yeah. Gossip Girl, everybody. You know you love me. Gossip Girl, everybody. Catch her at the plaza drinking with teens. We here at Sportfire got some disturbing news this week. It turns out that due to our success, Fox News decided to launch a competitor to our show. Now, in the interest of fairness, you are more than welcome to switch over to that show if you prefer it. So we figured we'd play a clip from this week's episode of Sports Gutfeld so that you can judge for yourself. Take a listen. Sports Gutfeld. Welcome to Sports Gutfeld. We sent Kamala Harris to the Little League World Series to report on kids in batting cages. But first, Joe Musgrove threw the first no-hitter in Padres history this week. Well, second after Brian Williams. Let's check in with Brian now, shall we? Hello, Mr. Gutfeld. I am on Venus and I am watching your show. I'm throwing a no-hitter up here because of the atmosphere. It's amazing being in space where no one can hear you be canceled. Amazing, Mr. Williams. So amazing. Say hi to Harambe while you're up there, all right? (laughs) Oh, baby, that's fresh. Meanwhile, here on Earth, we're gearing up for the NBA playoffs, where LeBron James will begin his quest for his fifth career ring. Luckily for LeBron, he already identifies as Michael Jordan. I'm getting three chuckles per minute from eight college Republicans. Let's see what's in the news today. I'll tell you what's not in the news. Major League Baseball? Major Lug Baseball? I can't even remember how to pronounce it. That's how boycotted it is. Hey, can you believe they took the All-Star game and moved it to Colorado, where it's majority white and they have restrictive voting laws? But when we tried to restrict voting laws in Atlanta, where it's majority black, they called us racist. What's that? I pretty much... Just gave the game away that our law was a race thing by saying that? Huh. Interesting. I, uh, 
I didn't read it that way. The Federalist Society is 88% of our audience right now, and they are absolutely tittering. <laughs> They're giving me a standing titteration. This is amazing. Thank you, guys. You can't hear them because they're uh, they're tittering. The NBA draft is coming up in a few months. The top pick is expected to be 19-year-old Jalen Suggs. Dang, where was he two years ago, said Matt Gates. Okay, who snuck that in there? Come on, guys. Not funny. Is he on Venmo, said Matt Gates. Okay, come on. Just change the name to Joe Biden. That's what I said to do with these. That's what I said to do with these. And now, here's Dennis Miller with the esoteric joke of the day. Hey, I watched the Rangers and Islanders play hockey the other day. And those guys circle back more than Jen Psaki in a windstorm. Tell you they were on thinner ice than Hunter Biden trying to explain why he traded his laptop for Yaramir Yager's bottle of Luxusova. That's potato vodka. Thanks, Dennis. Coming up, we asked 30 WNBA superstars if they think they could win an arm wrestling match against Michelle Obama in a bit that took three full weeks to produce and will get shared on Facebook by between 23 and 26 great uncles. WNBA superstars, damn, are they single? Are any of them masseuses? Said Matt Gates. Come on, guys, that one was teed up for you. Read the setups. Adam Weinrub's a cuck, stick around. Wow, an uncalled for shot at me in the sign-off. I was being nice. Anyway, Sports Gutfeld has been canceled and replaced by a live feed of Tucker Carlson browsing eBay for vintage knives. And now we take you to the world of cinema. No NBA fan can wait for Space Jam 2, but were you aware of the hundreds of Space Jams that came before it? I wasn't, so I reached out to Space Jam historian Walter Gringham Sip to take me through the franchise's endless legacy. People have been going nuts since the trailer for the brand new Space Jam 2 starring LeBron James dropped. Fans of Looney Tunes and NBA action have analyzed and overanalyzed the trailer nonstop. But did you know it's not really the second Space Jam film ever released? I brought on an expert, Space Jam historian Walter Gringham Sip, to take us through the history of the Jam franchise. Mr. Gringham Sip, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's my honor. Fantastic. So, you know, people are going nuts. This this LeBron trailer, there's a lot going on. Um, but you you want to make sure that people don't forget about the predecessors, what came before. And and you're not necessarily talking about Michael Jordan, right? Oh, Michael Jordan's jam is by far the most popular, but it is by no means the only one. Uh a lot of people don't know that Space Jam is actually much like A Star is Born, it's been made dozens of times for every era. There have been so many jams of varying quality, but all, I believe, are historically important. Well, if I may be so bold, what's, what's sort of your favorite jam? What, what do you think is the most important to highlight first? I would say the most critically acclaimed Space Jam that I've seen. It came came around 1968, and it starred Jerry West. Oh, the logo himself. It was uh, directed by Robert Altman. It was, um, you know, right before The Long Goodbye. Uh, yeah. It was in that era of Altman, which film historians would agree would, would be peak Altman. Um, but yes, it was a space jam. But instead of aliens sapping powers, it was uh, bank robbers. And uh, but they, they spoke very interestingly. There was they had their own vernacular. It was very um, cerebral. It was uh, not 
very successful, but that is my favorite space gym. Uh, but maybe people will be more familiar with uh, Jerry West's uh, teammate, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, his space jam. Oh, so you're saying Wilt had a commercially successful space jam? Because I don't, I don't really remember that one either. That's exactly what I'm saying. It was uh, called a space soiree, and uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty happening movie. It uh, co-starred Tippi Hedren, uh, and she was, you know, blowing up back then because of the birds. It was actually an early instance of CGI for the aliens. Uh, Mickey Rooney was in that one. Uh, let's just say what he did in that movie would not fly by today's standards. Oh, so you're you're talking a Breakfast at Tiffany's style alien. Oh, yeah. This is all sort of lining up, but it is, it's weird to me that, you know, space, I didn't know Space Jam was a genre. So this is basketball player confronted by aliens, basically over and over again, right? Whether they're bank robbers or Mickey Rooney, it's, it's sort of the same formula repeated. How far back do these go? Oh. oh, they go way back. And part of the reason they're only successful lately, you know, you could say it's the Jordan phenomenon, but I think it's also, they changed the script. In the, the, in the old movies, the aliens would always win. Uh, you know, there were a lot of Cold War anxieties. I don't know. I'm not an expert on uh, that side of film history. I only know my jams. Okay. There was one jam where it ended in a tie, and that's uh, that was a very divisive film. The one with George uh, Mikan. It's called uh, Who Let the Aliens on the Court? In parentheses, Space Jam. Is that the first one to feature Space Jam in the title, or has that been in the title all along? I believe that that was the first time Space and Jam were together. There were different, there were obviously there was, there, I, I mentioned Space Soiree, there was Space Fracas, the West Side Story inspired Space Shakedown. There were a lot of different, uh, you know, space and then a synonym for fight or confrontation. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. What was the first iteration of Space Jam? Oh, well, that's very interesting because Space Jam has been around since basketball was invented, literally. Uh, Naismith had his own Space Jam. I'm sorry, you're saying the inventor of basketball, James Naismith, has his own Space Jam film, really? Yeah, um, it was, uh, you know, like those early Edison movies. It was literally done with Thomas Edison, but it was uh, James Naismith in his gym in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, it's it's called uh, Man with Peach Baskets Confronts Alien Man, in parentheses, Space Shutdown. So this is James Naismith playing an alien one-on-one -on -one in conjunction with Thomas Edison. That's I'm supposed to believe that's a movie. Yeah, it's a minute long. It's very grainy, very grainy. Uh, it hasn't been colorized yet, but yes, you just see it's it's two figures. One of them James Naismith. One of them a man in a crude alien costume playing horse and uh, with a peach basket. And of course, it's it's OG basketball, so they're not moving very much. Um, so that's 40 seconds of that, then a close up on Naismith frowning because he lost and then getting uh, incinerated by a blaster. Great. So so the very first Space Jam already has incineration in it. That's that's good to know. And for many Americans, that was their introduction to the game of basketball, too. So it wasn't very well liked for that first Space Jam. A lot of Americans. Uh, couldn't get into basketball because they rightfully assumed that the penalty for loss was death by alien ray. The first Space Jam was a detriment to the overall sport. Yeah, and yet they made a ton more of these. So, so taking us to the modern Space Jam 2, 
people are overanalyzing this trailer. A lot of homages to other works of art. A lot of people, like characters from other universes are all included in it. Did you see anything that was like an homage to one of the many other Space Jam films that came before it? So yeah, LeBron does this move that is a direct homage to the Mark Eaton Space Jam. I'm sorry, the massive Utah Jazz ancillary player and center had his own Space Jam? Yeah, a lot of people had their own Space Jams, not just stars, Uh, you know, just normal rotation guys. Uh, if you had a career more than five years long, chances are you were getting a jam. And sometimes if you had a one year long career, you got a jam. You know who else got a jam? Uh, Simbular. When you really think about it, I do. One of the main complaints fans do have about what they think they know about Space Jam 2 is it seems like there's a lot of pointless crossover for streaming. You got the clockwork orange guys in the trailer. I can't make heads or tails of them. The Droogs were actually in a previous Space Jam, so they are canon. What's, what Space Jam is that? Oh, the Wilt Chamberlain Space Jam. They, uh, that predated Clockwork Orange. That's where the Droogs were introduced. A lot of people don't know that. I would say nobody knows that. Now, I gotta ask, are you gonna see the new Space Jam 2? Oh, I've already seen it. Oh, you've, you've already seen I mean, can I get a quick review? For fans of the Jordan Space Jam, you might be a little disappointed. For fans of the Naismith Space Jam, you will boycott. Walter Gringham Sip, thank you so much for dropping all this knowledge on us. Oh, you're very welcome. And stay tuned for the Space Jam that's in the works after this one. That'll be exciting. Oh, are you breaking news? What is that? Oh, it's uh, it's one that I'm producing. Uh, it's starring Shea Gilders Alexander as an alien. He's a, we're, we're doing one from the alien side, because I really hate the new trend of, of the humans winning. Uh, so Shea Alexander is going to play an alien who incinerates the entire league. Wow, this sounds positively Altman-esque. Thank you so much, sir. Oh, thank you. Space Jam historian Walter Gringham Sip. There's a lot of valuable information in there if you sift through the horrible Mickey Rooney stuff. And now, my final flame. There's no I in team, but there is an I in Minty Fresh team. And that's what the Denver Nuggets have been so far this season. Unfortunately, that all changed when Jamal Murray went down with a torn ACL, giving all NBA fans that not-so-fresh feeling. This is devastating news, not just for Nuggets fans, but for all supporters of good basketball. And it brings up the age-old question. Why is the ACL so important in basketball? It's in the leg. Arm injuries I understand, but the leg is where the shoe is, not where the ball touches. You're not supposed to kick it. But I digress. Murray's injury exodus changes the calculus of the entire Western Conference, along with the physics and geography. Isosceles triangle. The Lakers are without LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Nuggets are missing their engine at guard. So the West is now wide open. Unless we let the Lakers and Nuggets join forces and become one team, the Lakers. Who says no? The rest of the West doesn't want to be accused of winning a Mickey Mouse championship. That would be goofy. Pluto. No, the West wants to earn it. And the Lakers and Nuggets want to bring a title back to halfway between Los Angeles and Denver. Now that's what I call minty. So what do you say, Chris Paul? 
Shall we book it, Devin Booker? Stop asking Kawhi and start asking Kawhi not. Paul George Harrison's got his mindset on Luca, and they're both nodding. Seems like all the West stars are on board in that vision I just described. Let's make history. Okay, LeBron just texted me and he's drunk and angry. Never mind. Jeez, they, uh, they make an emoji for drink poison? That's it. My thanks to Ali Bowman and Michael Goodman. See you next Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.